Have you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. And it's another episode of Open Bar Talk Podcast, the dopest bartending podcast in these streets. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Search. You can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. You can go on all social media, find me at Jim Search. If you're looking for this podcast and you want to email us, uh, openbartalk at gmail.com, send us any sort of uh, feedback, anything you love about the show, anything you hate about the show, uh, what you've been drinking, whatever. Just talk to us, right? Um, one other thing I want to tell you is if you want to, uh, find this podcast, you can do that. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere where you download a podcast, that's where you can find us. Rate, review, subscribe. That is how people find out about this show. And also it's pretty dope to read people's, uh, shit that they say about the show. So do that. And also we have a segment on the show called, what were you drinking? If you have posts on your Facebook and your Twitter timeline, email them to us at openbartalk at gmail.com and we will read them on the air. And of course, we will shout you out. We will redact the name of the person who posted it, obviously, but you will get your moment in the sun. So what better way to live forever in the podcast universe than on the Open Bar Talk podcast? So now that I've gotten all of that housekeeping shit out of the way, (laughs) I'm very excited to introduce uh, this guest who uh, we were just hanging out a couple weeks ago over at, um, where the hell were we? At uh, the Pine Box, shooting the shit. And totally had the eureka moment of like, oh shit, this dude has been bartending throughout the city for a while. And you were telling me some wild shit that night. And I vaguely remember it. And I remember I woke up the next day and I was just like, oh shit, I got to get in touch with this dude and get him on the show. He's going to be a fucking treat. Uh, Alex Moore. Alex, how are you, sir? I'm doing okay. Uh, Just came off of... uh, Two day, I don't know. It's it just sucks that like now shifts exist as only like a twelve hour window essentially, right? Like so, I just did. It's weird because I've had to like transition from like I did pick up a shift in like the our new kitchen at okay. the bar I work at, mm-hmm. uh, and I work at this bar bonus room. You may remember it as being a terrifying cocaine bar. <laughs> But now it's just a TGI Fridays. <laughs> Which, <laughs> we have a grill. What's What's more terrifying, a uh, cocaine bar or a TGI Fridays? Well, I'll tell you, the cocaine bar is more profitable. Touche, <laughs> touche. That um, from a tips perspective. From a tips perspective. Totally, yeah. From the off the books uh, lens, right? No. Um, so now, were you? Did you hang out in that bar, uh, the terrifying cocaine bar? Oh, and no, I just worked there. The thing is, like, I, I've had this fucking kind of ongoing gripe with like my coworkers because we've had um, over in management where like we just no, the owners who were really sweet, really awesome. They kind of like leave us alone. But there hasn't been anyone like they just can't afford to hire a bar manager, and we're we're pretty autonomous. You know, we like may do with what we got, 
but I've just been having issues with like coworkers come in later in my shift. It's also just weird because like now that like I, I've the bar I work at, we have a, I mean, I, I like to call it a parking lot patio. Okay. Sort of like the, like, like the first kind of like bone Cuomo through us to be like, get us off the scent of like him being a piece of shit. Right. Uh, but like we have this whole like established outside thing, and but we just recently opened indoor, uh, and there's it's it's a weird duality of like the indoor is essentially table service. It's more or less a restaurant. I have to put candles out again, which I honestly forgot to do. I how to do it? <laughs> right, right. Like uh, Lord help me if I fucking once we get limes back, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> It's going to be a problem. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, my coworker was like, I think we should still like juice some fresh. I'm like, fuck that. No, concentrate. It's way better. Yeah. Teresa, you didn't open. Yeah. <laughs> like, you shut know, up. Do you, you see why these fingers don't have cuts on them? There's a reason. <sighs> I there's know. a fucking reason, right? But, concentrate yeah. on So you were saying, so there's a duality. So you have the indoor side that's like a restaurant, and then the outdoor yeah. is like... Which like is a bar, I guess, or not? Like I mean, bar, it's well, just like it's it's a, a smoking area. It's mm. essentially like because, dude, oh, man, my coworker got like straight up contact high. <laughs> where like I had to be like, can you just like, can you please just? Are you, I should probably stop using people's names. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, listen, this is the beauty of uh, of the podcast world. Um, they can uh, we can record skip these guys. Yeah, uh, we can we can redact. Uh, well, I had to just tell my coworker, like, dude, you gotta like, I'm in the weeds. Can you please just do some coke that I know you just bought? Can <laughs> <laughs> you just like, I gotta, like, you gotta, I gotta get you back in step, buddy. Yeah how do we how do we get you to the level that I need you at? You know what Indeed. I mean. Well, I just saw though. I just um, I just saw on the news that uh, the bars are going to be open till midnight now, or starting next Monday, April. Yeah, April nineteenth. April nineteenth. I just saw that, and I'm miffed about it because the thing is, like, I already, you know, on my weekend shifts, I'm there at you know twelve thirty to basically one just breaking everything down. Like, I mean, like, right. but adding, so that's essentially like a 12 hour shift guaranteed, mm-hmm. but then now just like, it's a 13 hour now, which is kind of a, it's like, there's no room for a swing shift anymore anymore. That's the, that's the other thing. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, cause it, yeah, like what you're saying, like if you have those two blocks, it's like, how do you, Payroll wise, how do you? I think how could you layer that third one in there if you're moving on those two blocks? Yeah, it just financially, it just it's because I mean they the owners have done a tremendously right by everyone that works. I love them to death, mm-hmm. but it just it's it's tough, dude. Like fucking mm-hmm. the like what do you call it? Uh, the squared like you know clock in system. Right. Yeah. 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 And after Sunday, like I clocked out after two days and was like, Oh, you're already at like 23 hours. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) this is only day two. And I'm, I've worked a full day. Well, look, 
Alex, my hat off to you, man. Like this is a lot of fucking work right now and salute to you um, for, for fucking getting out there and slinging the booze, dude. Shit. Um, cheers, Jim. Cheers. Here's uh, I'll drink to that. Oh, yeah. uh, so that said, let's talk about how you got into the world of bartending. Talk about what was your first experience? How did you jump into the world? Like, it's going to sound kind of insane, but I guess it starts with, uh, I, I moved to New York when I was 20, like 19 turning 20 and then lived here for a full year and then turned 21 here. And I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. Just, you know, cause everyone, when they hear Boston, they definitely need the clarification that it's in Massachusetts and definitely not anywhere else on the globe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Exactly, uh, but like, was never really a drinker. I was definitely like a weed smoker. And then once I like my twenty first birthday, I was like, "Wait, this is around everywhere all the time forever now." <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is the uh, open door. Okay, it it really oh man, but yeah, I guess the real start of it was actually my first. New York job was I worked at Hollister. Really? I <laughs> I can't see that. I it's okay. Anyone for the listeners at home, I am uh I look like if, if you were to see me on the street like that guy looks like his name is Road Rash. Uh, <laughs> Fair. But I yeah, so I worked for Hollister, which is now the Uniqlo, like the Uniqlo store, which is owned but it's just in the building uh, that Jared Kushner's family owns. Oh, wonderful. No joke, 666 Fifth Avenue. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, but I worked, uh, in the, I worked in the overnight stock. So I would go in at – I was living with my buddies in Alphabet City. In a, my, I paid $900 for a room that is – Regulation jail, like prison cells, are larger than the room I paid $900 to live in. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so I lived in Elwood City, and then we'd go up to, like, six – It was I think it was, like, in the 70s, like, like Midtown, like, Fifth Avenue, going at, like, 10, 30, 11, and then get out at, like, 3, 4 in the morning. Just Oof. folding shirts. And the, the fucked up... Okay, Jim, the fucked up thing about Hollister is that they don't turn the music off. <gasps> like, oh. the store hour music. I still get fucking panic attacks if I ever hear Bruno Mars or, like, <laughs> specific Katy Perry songs. PTSD. Like, dude! Like, and you would get written up if you fucking try to listen to your own music. And also the other thing for all you Hollister shoppers out there, th- those lights don't turn up any brighter. They had lights so we could see what we were fucking doing. That's that's very torturous, man. Well, this makes sense that you moved into the world of uh, bartending because that's a lot <laughs> oh, of yeah. lower light. <laughs> that 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 makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <It> really, <I laughs> Yeah, my low light vision gut was very good after that. But so then so after you, that, I oh sorry, no, you're good. 
I basically stopped showing up because mm-hmm. I was just having, I was just like, I can't. Because it was like, once you install like Febri- like uh, scented capsules in the ventilation system a number of times, you start to just sort of like forget why you moved to the city. <laughs> uh, what was the purpose behind it? Yeah, like why did I move here to just fucking like listen to fucking like that? You knew you were lucky if you got the one store playlist that had like two Arcade Fire songs on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise the rest was just like Bruno Mars, like Uptown Funk, just like, just, uh. Jesus. It was torturous. But, so I basically stopped showing up for that and then got a gig at a craft beer bar slash store in the West Village called, um, uh, it is now a completely different uh, artifice in a completely different space, but I think it was called the Growler Station. Okay. Uh, so it was just like, learned a lot about craft beer and then got got bamboozled into, like, I was living in Bed-Stuy off the Myrtle Willoughby stop Okay. Uh, and was just straight up bamboozled and like taking a job helping open the Alamo Draft House in Yonkers. Holy! How the f- what? <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a car. <laughs> so... I don't I don't I don't drive. So I would just have to take the G to the seven, and then the seven to Grand Central. And depending on time allowance, I would either have to take the four all the way up to Woodlawn. And then take an X bus to a mall, or the more expedient option was pay for Metro North uh, to get off at Scarsdale, and then walk either pay for a car to get me there. I literally had to walk uh, a mile up a hill, down a hill, down a freeway, just to get to this fucking mall. And were you bartending at this? Yeah, I was the lead bartender. And then when I and then I wor- I worked at fucking House of Wax mm-hmm. and the manager Vince was like, Yeah, so but it looks like you can lift kegs, right? I'm like, Yeah, but it, if you see like it says lead bartender on the company, it's like, Yeah, but you can lift kegs, right? I'm like <laughs> Yeah, I can uh, lift kegs. <laughs> yeah, oh fuck. Yes, I can I can bar back, right? Is that what you're yeah. asking me to do? You're asking I, me yeah, me. it's that was another fucking I mean I just honestly like shout out to Spooky TGI Fridays, aka Asa Wax. Spooky TGI Fridays. This is all it was. Dude, I'd have to run up three flights of stairs to check on a pretzel that was already on its way down. Yeah, I, my barback body was fucking fantastic when I worked there. I was gonna say, listen, uh, I said this, I think, on the last episode, maybe or last episode before that, but you work out with your soul as a fucking bar barback. That's a soul workout, so your body is gonna fall right in line with that shit. I would just, I feel like you work out with your soul more as a bartender, depending on the place you work at. Okay, because I don't know, like I. I guess the like I the place I work at now has very I love all the regulars, 
sorry, I love the vast majority of the regulars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, they're fucking great and they're fucking super sweet and they pay my bills and they're fucking awesome. But like, there's, there's a lot of like, emo- if you work at like a, like specifically neighborhood niche spot, there's a lot of emotional give and take you have to give with people. Sure. Sure. And sometimes it's, not reciprocated. I've been very lucky that like most of my neighborhood gigs have been very like people have been there for me and I've been able to be there for people vice versa. Or, mm-hmm. You know, conversely. So yeah, well, yeah, no, I, I mean, that being said, I, I see that other perspective of the soul workout um, because I mean, look, you I, I, bars are a pretty intimate space where you learn you learn all that's why this podcast exists is because bartenders see so many facets and as, and essences of human character and that's what i find fucking amazing about you y'all and what you do um so now listen that said right um mm-hmm. so we got the uh the 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 sketch of the beginning of the story right yeah. now Tell us a little bit about the crazy shit that you've seen from behind the bar. Because, again, that one story you were telling me, I've, I woke up that next day. I was just like, yo, that – I mean, I'll let you tell if you remember. Do you remember? I guess that's the one I'm, I'm saving towards the end. Okay. All right. But perfect. Well, I say I'll set start, it off. Yeah. I'll start. Well, I, it's, I guess a good place to start off is like – where I really, I guess, like where I cut my teeth as a bartender and like someone who could see a valuable asset to the business, like what you bring personality-wise, what you bring work-wise. Like I really learned that at this place called Boulevard Tavern, mm-hmm. which is now the Drift, uh, which is underneath the BQE. Uh, I. I still have a lot of, I, my old boss recently passed away, Harold, um, who is a really, really true, very just unbelievably the best financier. Uh, <laughs> but he, no, he was a good guy and he gave me my real first shot, but he also, like, the thing is with Boulevard Tavern, like, it had a pool table, it had a backyard, it was underneath the BQE, there were neighbors up, there was, well, when I started working there, there was this one neighbor who would constantly, like, call down and complain, to which yeah. we would all just raucously laugh. It's like, you decided to live above a bar that's literally facing the BQE. Like... That's noise. Yeah, dude. Like, if you want to live in Greenpoint, I'm sorry. This is, like, not the Greenpoint you want. But so it was a very, it was a very lawless time. The other other part of it is, like, another thing you have to kind of, like, what I've realized is, like, if you, like, are working at a bar that's on any kind of border, you have mm-hmm. a certain level of lawless allowed to you because certain precincts just don't want to deal with it. They want to like right. run off on the other precinct. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I had, okay. So this is a fun story. I, the, uh, I was coming in, I was doing the night shift. It was like a Tuesday, you know, daytime, uh, Joe, uh, mighty Joe, 
really great dude, just moved to Savannah with his lady, used to drum for the Devil Dogs, real cool, like, old school, like, New York punk cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, really garbage bartender if there were more than 10 people at the bar, though. Okay. He also sounded, like, exactly like Snagglepuss. <laughs> was like, oh, my God, listen, I just, I can't, I, Alex, I can't right now. But, so he was, he, he had just gotten off, you know, he was drinking a Heineken. It was like, Boulevard was never full, but it was never empty. Okay. Uh, and Harold, the owner, was there. A bunch of people were there. And this cat comes in. Oh, man, I still miss. We had these fucking really great saloon swinging doors when you, like, walked in. So oh, cool. Was like, hey. So this guy comes in. He looks like a normal hard hat, like, dude from the neighborhood. He's like, hey, man, can I get a beer and shot? I'm like, yeah, Totally. Puts his, like, stuff down on the bar. I'm like, hey, can I use the bathroom? like, okay, cool. So that guy is in the bathroom for a weird drugs amount of time. Like, I'm staying, like, 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. That is, and, that is drug time. Yeah. And I'm just shooting shit with Joe. He's drinking a Heineken. And then this cat comes back out. Like, it's... I don't know how to describe it. Like, cause the, the door swings inward, but it's like he kicked it open. Okay. <laughs> and Which... just like, just kind of just trudged out and then just started like getting into shit with Joe. And Joe's like, Hey man, like I'm just getting off. I'm about to go. And then this an extendo, like fucking like, like construction blade, like an exacto knife. Oh shit. And, he like he's like because we had a dummy right by the front door and he's like listen man I bet I could fucking throw this thing right between your eyes <laughs> and then tight and then Joe's like all right bye <laughs> and then okay all right gotta go but then this dude but then the thing is like Joe leaves me the owner is still there the entire bar. I wish I was making this up. Runs away to the backyard, closes the door. Alone <laughs> in the bar with this guy waving around a knife for an hour, like a feature film's length amount of time. I talked this dude down because I just had to be like, "Hey, man, what's up? Where you coming from?" And eventually, he was like, "I guess he was dealing with a lot of shit with his family. He offered to send me back to college." And I'm like, "I don't. I think you should take care of your family first. Oh my god. That what a range what a range of uh of emotional state, right? From uh, like, waving a knife to throwing it at a dummy all the tried, way. He was saying he was gonna he never did, but it was still like you're just throwing you're waving a knife Which and I knew that I was gonna say this reaffirms the idea that like bartender's de escalation game is so good compared to other professions. It really Y'all, you just have to like it's it's a, it's very impressive. So you were so the co- you're saying the cops weren't they weren't dealing with it? Well they I mean who was gonna call them me talking to the guy? Yeah. That, <laughs> uh, I thought no I thought you were gonna go in that direction but yeah Oh I mean even if I did call them like we we I've we'd call them at that bar for like chaotic domestic abuse things that had spilled over and it took them like 45 minutes to half an hour to get there so it's like well they're dead now so i yeah i know i mean 
I mean, I also had like an instance like the bar I work at now where I had a regular who's a fireman, Danny the fireman, who seemed like a pretty cool guy, always tipped great. You know, he's got that fucking fireman union money. So I'm like, close the check, open it back up. Cool, whatever. That's an instant fucking like 10, 15 bucks to me. Right. But it was St. Patrick's Day and Uh-oh. he closed he closed it out, opened back up and I'm like, bitching, more money. And then, I don't know, this dude, Danny, I'll name drop him. He's a piece of shit. But <laughs> he, like, he his he would just drink kind of crap beers. And then, like, if he was getting serious, he'd do, like, it was such a fucking weird. He'd do double Tito's splash of cranberry and knock him down like shots. <gasps> Whoa. You know? But this, okay, but. Dude, Jim, this cat, he, like, knocked he, – he cleared, like, half a bottle in, like, 20 minutes. Oh, and he's I, on fire. That's on fire. I mean, that's – someone should put him out because he's a fireman. Ah. But – and I, I didn't even cut him off. I was like, hey, Danny, it's fucking, you know, 730. Uh <laughs> Yeah. You want to maybe like, let's switch it back to beer, bud. And he's like, fuck you, pour it. And I'm like, all right, if you're taking this tone to me, I'm going to pour this for you. And then I'm going to cut you off. Uh, you can't talk to me like that. Yeah, that's, not, then, that's not how that works. No. And then he slammed it, tried to order it. And I'm like, I'm not serving you anymore. Like, because I had like an hour and a half before the shift changed because I was opening. And this is, keep in mind, this is St. Patrick's Day. But then he, the thing is, like, Danny wouldn't leave. So I had to deal with this drunk fireman calling me a fat faggot. All right. For, like, and there's, like, what was I going to do? Call him, like, help, there's a drunk fireman at my bar on St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) I would have been been laughed all the way to Yonkers. No one was going to come for that. I would think I was pranking him. So I just had to, like... Just sort of just sit, do my jobs. It was it wasn't an empty bar, but I just had to just be like, yeah, oh man, I love sucking like oh, oh Jesus. And had, I'm gonna be a man and just say I had to go have a little bit of a cry after I, like while I was doing my money. Yo, man, look, that ain't that ain't uh uh that ain't nothing to not say like yo this this is like a dude terrorizing you for however long and it's like and there's nothing yeah nothing Uh, i could do about it and he was a regular was okay the fucked up thing though is like he and the thing is i'm of the you know just metal like just like listen it's St. Patrick's Day. You're a fireman. We all fuck up. If you just come in and apologize, be like, dude, that was out of line. I'd be like, dude, water on the bridge. It's fine. Right. But he went to my manager, who's also my friend, and said that I got in his face about opening and closing tabs oh, and that what I should be fired. And I was like, dude, bro, okay, I am. I'll open and close tabs for this motherfucker all day long if he keeps tipping me good. It's more just like, listen, it is 
like two really skinny people are coming in here with no security to like handle like the rest of the night. I'm just trying to make sure this guy who has a badge isn't a problem. Right. And my manager, the manager at the time, Brian was like, do you want me to 86? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Like what, if you go behind, like if he just came in and was like, dude, I'm really sorry. That was like kind of out of line. Cause I, me and him talked about podcasts and shit, you know, like we were like, cool. But it was like to him to just like fucking do a full like it's like because I wasn't even mean and I'm that's the one thing that is so liberating about bartending now is like I have just turned every single shift into like I work at Dick's Last Resort and I can be as fucking unbearably catty to everyone as I want. That's that is that is liberating. I 100 percent agree with you. Uh, Jim, you know, like the amount of people that come up to like the side window. And be like, hey, so like, what do you have when there's literal, like, just menus everywhere? And I'm like, oh, well, there's the menu here, there's the menu there. See, I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. Brooklyn's full of writers, not a lot of readers. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the only person that got angry at me for that joke probably worked for Vice. <laughs> <laughs> And that's fucking hilarious and true and I, true. I know. Very, very put. So now, <laughs> so uh, what's the name? Patrick, uh, he's 86th, right? Uh, uh, Danny. Or I'm sorry, Danny. Danny is 86th. Um, yeah. How does he, how does he take that? Were you there when that was relayed to him? It was, well, he went and met my manager like behind my like I had just wrote in the notes like listen unless I get like a written apology like I really this guy is because he'd also been like kind of like not like creepy enough to women where it's like listen you need to fucking back off but like sort of like the like the the impetus of it you know just sure. sort of like listen like you really like you have a girlfriend at home. Why are you buying like all these 22 year old shots? Like, yeah. I'm like, it's like, I'm not going to not do this, part, but I'm going to keep a fucking eye on it. Exactly. Cause right. you have to like, it's like, cause you have to be responsible for a lot of people that just are at certain. I mean, also I feel like you have to, if you're a bartender and someone came in straight like, like, just completely normal off the street and then left, like, vomiting, twisted. Like, you did something wrong. Right. Like, it's it's not about getting people fucking cuckoo bananas. It's about, like, making sure everyone has a good time and making sure that is the longevity of it is there. Yeah. No, you're, uh, again, you're a hundred, you're spot on. Like, you have a responsibility I mean, you have a responsibility for everybody. I mean, look, legally, you have a responsibility for yes. everybody, right? Like, I mean, I still, I still have to go to court for some dumb shit that I didn't even do. Bar-related. Right. Sorry, out of context, that sounded like me just grumbling into a beer being like, I had to go to court for some dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, like, in a different context, in a different space, it's like, oh, yeah, he did that shit. <laughs> like, okay, well, so, because yeah. the bar I work at right now, um, it's like, because on Wyckoff, from what I understand, after Myrtle, the northern side of Wyckoff is technically Queens. Okay. 
I found that out the hard way by uh, peeing on a warehouse I didn't think anyone gave a shit about. And then getting a ticket and being like, oh, it's fine. I'll just like go to like fucking downtown, uh, you know, go to Chinatown, make a day of it. No, you got to go to fucking Kew Gardens Criminal Court. Oh, boy. And Kew Gardens is an oodle of a difficult fucking place to get to on public transit. Yeah. And like it, it cues one of those places where like when you put in on Google somewhere there, you see like three different modes of transportation to get around. It's like, mm, no, I'm I'm not interested in that. I know. I mean, when I went to go do that ticket, I was like, t- I took the J. I had to take I had to take the J to the E, and I saw like these two dudes. It was two separate groups of dudes trying to do the same like gambling grift and then realized they were on the same card and then they just got into a fight about it. Oh boy. Territory beef. But that's just going to squash like a pee pee ticket. But like the, what I, the, the Johnny law trouble I'm talking about is I, this is like the first, I think like second shift I'm back in action. We're only doing it goes. This is like, I'm going to say May or maybe April, May around. Like when bars are allowed to be back open, but you can't go inside. It's only, it's strictly to go. Right. And I'm worried my buddy Wilson and, you know, like it's because we've just been like, I I just been fucking playing fallout Four for fucking, Ever and ever. So I was like, oh, my God, people, like, yeah, absolutely. I would love to talk to you more. Let's talk uh, about it. Exactly. Yeah. And so then, you know, we were doing shot like, we did shots with some people. And then uh, a couple minutes later, these two, the most, like, annoyingly looking, like, coply cops you've ever seen cop a cop. Like, just jump the barricade, like, badges out. Like, listen, uh, listen, we've been, like, kind of watching you, like, uh, what you're doing is illegal. We're giving you a warning. You know, we're giving you a warning right now. And they throw down, like, a printed picture of Wilson, my coworker, doing shots. Not me. I'm not in any of these pictures. Uh, And, like, listen, we just, you know, we're trying to do our job. Here's my So, you know, they leave. We're like, okay, cool. We got a Titan ship, you know, like we have to tell people because that's the thing. Like people, you know, they want to congregate like it's normal. So we had to be like, guys, get your stuff and like, you know, move on. And then end of the night comes up. Uh, <laughs> fucking my coworker, Baylor, who everyone thinks we look exactly alike. I am so much fatter than him and it's kind of, and he's a much, he's a very talented musician. I am not. I am just a fat, angry guy. <laughs> uh, but we are constantly confused with each other. But like him and his roommate are there, and he works there. And so we're like, hey, guys, all right, yeah, here you go. But you got to like, you know, take it on the road. And so then like, I see them out of the corner of my eye, like, because I'm about to like, we're breaking down. I'm about to do the money. I just right. see them both like knock shots back, like in the ramekins. And I'm like, all right, it'll be fine. And then, Jim, no joke, like five minutes later, same two dudes. 
Like, roll what? up. Like, it's fucking sabotage the fucking Beastie Boys yeah, music video. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, listen, like, we gave you warning. We gave you warning. You know, listen, like, we're trying to do our jobs. And I was written, because I was sitting down. Wilson was, like, breaking the bar, and I was doing money. And so I was the target for the ticket for... I think it, I have it somewhere in my room, but it's like breach of emergency statute. And I'm like, okay, what is this about? There's like, oh, so if you got any questions, you know, uh, you know, ask them now. I'm like, okay, well, how much is this about? Like, uh, you should call that number. Okay, well, all right, well, like, what, it, like, ask all these questions. Like, oh, you know, I don't really know anything. Uh, yeah, and uh, of course. On the name of the ticket, I was uh, Lieutenant. Lieutenant Michael Bish. Michael Bitch? B- Bish. B-I-S-H. Bish. Oh, uh, it's like Michael and, Bish. All right. Oh, yeah. I wonder why he became a fucking cop. Yeah. But what he was doing, though, when I, which we found out later, was he just turned traffic cameras. On the bar. To, on the bar. On the front of the bar to just scope us. Oh, like the God. laziest fucking wire. <laughs> this is yeah this is like the worst episode of the wire playing out right now it was like hulk and hulk making the big arrest yeah this is the big haul right uh, so but so like so but like you weren't in the so you weren't doing the shot though were you i wasn't but baylor the guy who looks a lot like me was photographed to the point where even my the owners were like, Alex, there's a picture of you doing it. And I'm like, it's Baylor. That is that's, not me. That's not me. And like, there's another person. That's. I that's mean, a- it's. And the thing is, this court date has been delayed. It was issued last May or April. I, my, the last court date, like I, it's also at nine in the morning get to Kew Gardens, which is fucking like, so, so you have to leave at four in the morning to get. There. I well, my own, like the bosses have been very cool about it. Like they're like, whatever the fine is, we'll pay it. So I met up with. I still had to get up at six to get dressed, get correct, meet Ben, and we took an Uber to Kew Gardens, and then we get up the steps. I will say the Kew Gardens courthouse is very pretty, and Kew Gardens is a very pretty part of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, but, like, we get up and like, hey, well, what are you guys here for? I'm like, oh, well, I'm here to deal with this ticket. He's like, oh, yeah, we're not doing that. And, like, I literally just looked it up and said my court date was, like, today. He's like, oh, yeah, no, we pushed it back because of COVID. So you couldn't have told me that. Dude, it's – it's so this will now have been, like, a entire fiscal and calendar year Jesus that Christ. I've had to carry around this rotting – pink slip <laughs> which i mean and that's the other thing too and michael this is, you, mean, you mean bish <laughs> it's like yo man you know we're really trying to save all the bars and shit and like you got the cops turning cameras on bars get the fuck out of here this was i will this was also pre-george floyd Ah. So this was this was like right before all of that kicked off. So the cops cops in New York were exceptionally bored. Yeah, yeah. 
And now after that, they had a lot more to they, do. Yeah, like they a lot. Yeah, they, I don't know. Well, I'm gonna say fuck cops. Fair, fair enough. And I agree. Um, yeah. Now, listen, uh, Alex, I do got to say we're almost at the, uh, the top of the hour. Yeah, sure. And I can I mean, we could talk. We could do this shit all day. Um, but I do want to get you back on because I, I the people need to hear this fucking story. And so they're going to have to tune in for part two of this. Because <laughs> this is I'm telling you, it's going to be fucking dope. So oh, I got I hope, more, too. <laughs> I was going to say, and I there's I can't the, the magnitude of what you told me. I'm like, there's clearly going to be more. But we're going to get you on the next time. So listen, uh, we're going we're gonna to jump into our next segment, which is uh, five questions for our guest, right? All right. So these are five questions we ask every bartender who comes on the show about life behind the stick. So question number one, what is the biggest misconception people have about being a bartender? That you need to know how to make drinks. Mm, right. Okay. Honestly, I tell people the same shit. It's like, how do I become a bartender? I'm like, peripheral vision. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's it. You can bullshit your way out of fucking like, you, you, I mean, I've done like cocktail bartending too, but it's like, you just fucking like, the thing is people by and large are pretty fucking dumb. Agreed. Like they also, their palates are pretty weak. I don't know. Like, like, I guarantee you, if I was to, like, line up, like, Salsa, fucking uh, Espelon, and fucking Anzu, the new awful well of every fucking bar in this city, like, most discerning, uh, I don't know, uh, drinkers would not be able to tell the difference. I I would agree with that. And I think there's a lot of ordering that comes with just the name of like, I want Espelone. And it's like, I'll do a blind taste. Test. Like you're saying, I'll do a blind yeah. taste. See if you can pick it out. So good to know for those aspiring bartenders out there. That- just look around. That's it. Just look around and be attentive. That's it. That's all you got to do. And you got a smartphone. Look, someone asks you for a negative famous. Oh, uh, is that a bad recommendation? Or is it just equal parts of a bunch of shit? And you got it. Yeah. All right. Question number two. What's the biggest tip that you've ever received as a bartender? Money or drugs? You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what means more to you? Uh, answer your question. Another question. What means more to you? Uh, well, well, what are you, my priest? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the biggest tip I got was a regular of the place I work at now. Shout out to New Handsome Dave. Uh, he's a mm-hmm. real good dude. He works on uh, he's a lighting guy. He's got a couple Emmys. Okay. But he, he knew this year was really tough for a lot of the bartenders and he just gave everyone like a Christmas. He just made sure he tipped everyone like a hundred dollars in cash on top of like the tip. That's awesome, man. It was Shout very out. cool. Which, Handsome Dave? Is that what you call New, him? Well, uh, I, God, I actually don't know his Christian name, but his name is Dave, but we call him New Handsome Dave because there was an old Handsome Dave. Ah, he New just, Handsome he's, Dave. He's basically just Handsome Dave now because old Handsome Dave's just like, is gone. All right. Well, shout out to you, New Handsome Dave. 
for taking care of our bartenders on these streets. Um, All right. Question number three. Mm -hmm. What's your pet peeve of a customer? What's the one thing you do? And you only get one. What is the one thing? This is probably the hardest question because I hate, I have so, I'm so uh, grumpy all the time. (laughs) That's what makes us Um, a good one. Uh, I probably, honestly, I'd say just juuling inside, like vaping inside mm. as a dedicated cigarette smoker, especially when it's fucking like brick cold out. It's like, no, I'm cheating. It's just vapor. It's like, shut up. You fucking anal- like, listen, I smoke analog nicotine. Take your <laughs> take your fucking like fake high school bullshit and get outside with the rest of us adults. Analog. That's fucking it, hilarious. It is, because they're just downloading nicotine to the fucking mainframe thing or they're fucking cheating fucking smoke detectors. But jokes <laughs> on them, we all smoke cigarettes inside when the bar's closed anyway, and they're not invited because they fucking jewel and tip like shit. That's fucking great. <laughs> um, all right. Question number four. Right. What is the one thing that you've learned from bartending? Doesn't have to be uh, involved in the bar could be about life could be anything what is the one thing you learned that I have learned yeah should have finished college <laughs> <laughs> Listen. should have should have got a trade school should have should have uh, re reevaluated my decision should have should have just gone to HVAC school because there's a lot of people that need HVAC that's fucking that is I didn't think that was going to come because uh... <laughs> there's a lot of things I've learned a lot of interpersonal things but like yeah, I just, I, like, because I have a lot of friends that, you know, I just see, you know, when you see, like, people you grew up with, people you used to bully in high school. No, I was never a bully, but, like, people were like, oh, I'm Kazikov's kind of a douche. And right. now he's like, hey, here's me on my yacht in Bolton. It's like, fuck! <laughs> the comeuppance returned. I know. All right. Question number five. Right. What is your favorite drink? What do you, what does Alex like to have? And it could be Malibu like, pineapple. There it is. Malibu it's pineapple. My really good buddy who I I went to high school with and is also coincidentally my upstairs neighbor, uh, who's also a bartender, uh, just turned me on to it. And I'm like, dude, James, you're drinking Malibu pineapple. It's kind of fucking dumb. And he's like, dude, it's a delightful drink for delightful people. <laughs> and he's fucking right because he told me this story about how he was bartending at this fucking like he made a uh, I don't think this is like a, a term for a quantifying money but an oodle of money is like a song for this like restaurant okay uh, or like sort of like the wine kind of seller and purveyor but he was also the bartender but they had a buyout and all these like it was just like long like trashy Long Island, New Jersey, like buku like bucks, like moms, just like open bar tipping good. But they kept getting like Malibu pineapples, and James Fine was like, All right, I'm gonna try this. And he just poured in a coffee cup, was like, Fuck, this is amazing. This is me now. This it's is who low I am. AB, it's low ABV and it's just a fucking like it 
it takes you away to a, a magical place that's not the mean streets in New York City. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a vacation in a glass. I don't know if oh yeah. Means- I don't know if that's been, uh, I don't know if that's a tag for something, but I want it to be, that is a vacation in a glass. It's also so, made in Canada, funnily enough. Interesting. Yeah. Which, there you go. All right. So, Alex, thank you for our five questions for our guest. And that's going to bring us to our final segment of the show, which is oh. what were you drinking? Now, this is a part of the show where I look in my Facebook and Twitter timeline for posts that I can only say were involving someone drinking because no sober person would volunteer this level and this depth of information. So, Alex, with your experience behind the bar, you have seen many people drunk. Um, We need you to diagnose what you think this person was drinking. Okay. So... And again, of course, uh, you can ask clarifying questions. Is it a guy? Is it a girl? What time did they write this? Because again, time is very important to the post. So here we go. Good morning. Just to let everyone know, they banned me because I took a picture of the old McDonald's that someone wanted to know and told them that what they were put on the spotlight for i have no idea what goes on there and what it is i walk by there all the time for my walks and it's the doors closed and the windows covered up and they said also my gender well i'm a female i'm all female i'm straight all the way all right i'm gonna be presumption to put a timestamp on this okay uh, i'm gonna say 11 a.m. and a lot of rum. <laughs> 11 a.m. and a boatload of rum. Yes. yes. Because there is a lot of... Um, now, mind you, this was all one sentence. There's a reason why I did not take a breath when I read this. Because this was all just one thought. Um, now, obviously, there were several thoughts in there, but just one thought. Um, and, yeah, I could see rum precipitating us to just... And it is... Yeah, rum is a very free-flowing booze. I remember I, I was working... I was far back in a place, and me and my buddy, Brian, who I worked with, were like, all right, what kind of shots are we going to exclusively do tonight? And then the one night we did rum, we also had to work with each other the next day, and we're like, we're never doing that again. <laughs> we're, never, we're never doing that again. Nah. So much sugar. It's so much sugar. Yeah, I mean, and also, yeah, exactly. And the level of hangover that you're going to pull from a fuck, oh. it's on because all that sugar processes and your brain just goes, get me the fuck out of here. No, thank you. No. All right. Well, listen, Alex, thank you so much for bringing your expertise into the situation of what you were drinking. And again, remember, folks, if you have a wild, messy post on Facebook or Twitter, email that to openbartalk at gmail.com. Our lovely bartenders would love to diagnose what's going on on your timeline so we can make sense of the world around us. So, Alex, thank you so much for hanging out with me, man. This has been such a blast. I definitely want to get you back on again. Uh, where can where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anything uh, you want to plug? <laughs> well, I mean, before... COVID, I used to run a show at a bar that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but my Instagram handle is uh, Dracula underscore Mount Chien. 
because I was drunk when I uh, wrote it and have dyslexia, so I really pulled a whole goof up on how to spell mountain. So it just says Mountian if you actually read it, but if you you know, think it looks like it, it's fine. And then I do <laughs> I have the Twitter account that I haven't reactivated since I was twenty two. Uh, called diarrhea underscore daddy. And I have just been, <laughs> if you want to see like uh, a guy, <laughs> a 22 year old trying to break into stand up comedy's thoughts. Oh uh, my God. Definitely That's... check that out. Honestly, I have some, there's some good ones there. A lot of grammatical errors, but there's, there's some, there's some funny jokes there. There's some heat. So, oh, yeah. Dracula, Mountian, and Diarrhea underscore Daddy. I'll be honest, folks. I didn't think those four words were going to come out of my mouth today. But listen, this is what happens when you do podcasts and the world you live in, right? So listen, Alex, thank you again uh, so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate your time. Uh, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, this has been so much fucking fun. so again, folks, uh, openbartalk at gmail.com. Email us there. You want to find the show, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, rate, review, subscribe for God's sakes. That is how people find out about the show. Uh, you want to find me. I am at Jim search on all social media, jimsearchcomedy.com for jokes and shit like that. The world is slowly starting to reopen. So comedy is starting to happen again in New York city. Uh, you know, so again, shout out to live comedy and shout out to, uh, the bars that are reopening. So it's uh be patient. Everyone's going to bomb for the first like three months. Listen, I will say, <laughs> Alex, I'll say this, man. Yes. And everyone's going to bomb for the first three months. That show we were at. <laughs> listen, let me tell you something. The bar for comedy right now is pretty low. So if any of y'all had a dream of doing it, now's the time because I look, somebody was telling a joke, they stopped midway, and then they went, oh, shit. And everybody laughed. So it's, It really, I, I honestly, like, hey. during that show, I was like, dude, these guys have writing credits? Yeah, man. <laughs> these motherfuckers, I was like, listen, man, they need to, Comedy Central, come find me, man. I can do this. I promise you I can do this. All right, folks, we got to get out of here. Put a water between each drink, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>